Hello and welcome to The Rewriters, a celebration of people who have shirked convention, expectation and even their own limitation to rewrite their story on their terms. Each episode will dig into the inspired and very real life stories of people who have done just that, rewritten their story. I'm a nosy practical optimist too, so expect all of the nitty gritty details. If you're an ambitious seeker craving a different kind of lifestyle, career or business, but have felt held back by your own or other people's beliefs about what's possible or permissible, The Rewriters is for you. Hello, Rewriters, and welcome to the very first episode of 2022. I'm your host and resident rewriter, Monique Shaw. I was so ready to see the back end of 2021, and I'm really excited for this year. I always see the year out with reflections on what I've learned and what I've achieved and what I want more of and less of in the coming year. And in 2022, I'm hoping for more travel and adventure and less worry about the things I can't control. Now, for the first episode of 2022, I ummed about whether I should start the year with a solo episode about the different ways you could rewrite your career story in the year ahead. But actually, I did an episode about this for 2021 in December 2020 and I re-listened to that one last week and it is still really relevant and applicable for 2022. So if you've got time after listening to this episode, grab your notebook and go and listen to episode three of the Rewriters podcast, How to Rewrite Your Career Story in 2021. We'll explore where you are right now, your audit, what you stand for, your brand, and what you want, your rewrite. So I will link to that in the show notes. And if you would like to work with me directly to rewrite your career story in 2022, doors are still open for the first group of the year for my Rewrite Your Career Story group coaching program. We have our first session coming up on Monday the 17th of January, so time is running out to secure your place and be a part of this group. If you are a frustrated, bored, over it, overwhelmed professional for whom work isn't working for you anymore and you're in need of some clarity and a way forward, this program was designed with you in mind. Details on what you can expect and how to enroll are in the show notes along with loads of other stuff. And you can also DM me directly on Instagram at the rewriters. That's at the underscore rewriters. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. In this episode, I speak with small business PR expert and founder of the PR set, Pippa Goulden. Pippa is passionate about giving small business owners the knowledge and confidence they need to get their business visible and to help them to grow through PR. What sets Pippa apart is the way that she widens access to PR and demystifies an otherwise expensive, intimidating and inaccessible industry. Pippa rewrote her own career story, leaving PR agency life and work as a magazine editor to create a business that makes PR accessible and doable for businesses who may have felt like it was out of reach for them. She loves PR and she loves helping people and she loves connecting people. And now she does all of those things in a way that works for her and the way she wants to live. During our conversation, we discuss how we get PR wrong, the importance of mindset, getting over our fear of rejection, and Pippa's guiding principles for self-promotion. Pippa also shares the old story she had to let go of to create her business and the work life that she has now. 
I'll include links to ways you can contact and work with Pippa in the show notes. What I think is really important about this conversation is how misunderstood self-promotion is and how relevant PR is for people in employment too. It's not just for business owners. Whether you're working in employment, running your own business or both, listen to this episode with the lens of how could I apply these tools to shape the career I want and to get the opportunities that I want. And be audacious too. If you know of someone who should shout about their work a little more boldly and unapologetically, send them this episode. And if you enjoy it, don't forget, as always, to give the rewriters five stars on Apple Podcasts and share it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, on with my conversation with Pippa. Hi, Pippa. Welcome to the rewriters. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So before we begin, I would love you to share a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. I'm Pippa and I am the founder of The PR Set, which I started just over a year ago uh, in the middle of a global pandemic, as you do. (laughs) Um, And I basically offer a flexible approach to PR for small businesses. Fantastic. Right. So the thing that I'm really excited to be talking about with you is rewriting old stories and also getting to a point where we can um, brag about and comfortably tell our new stories as well. So you run the PR set now. What were you doing before and what led you to start your own business in a pandemic? So I have um, over 15, 16, I've stopped counting to be honest, uh, years experience working in PR, uh, mainly in big agencies, working with big brands, big budgets, kind of household names doing lots of very exciting, shiny PR things, but, you know, working really strategically with brands to kind of get them in front of their target audience and loved it, had a a brilliant career and did some really interesting work. But I had two children and agency lifestyle. I'm sure lots of people are familiar with the same stories. It wasn't hugely compatible with having young children and I also felt a bit of an itch to do something else and work with slightly different types of businesses. I also edited a publication actually called Parent Folk which I launched the southeast version of. We moved out of London. I didn't want to be going into London all the time, not that anyone is now but this is in the context of before Um, and I wanted to be changing what I was doing a bit so I launched the um, southeast edition of Parent Folk which is an awesome amazing brilliant brand publication and did that for 18 months and actually what it did was give me a huge insight into how wrong lots of people get PR including PRs which was quite scary the seeds were sown then in between that and the kind of the big agency stuff I also work with my best friend at her brilliant boutique agency Luxley Communications and that gave me a real insight and showed me that actually my passion is working with small businesses so yeah, so fast forward to now and here, here is the PR set. So you said there that um, a lot of people, and including PRs, get PR wrong. And PR, the media generally, I think the world of media is quite intimidating and kind of a bit of a black box mm-hmm. and unknown if you're on the outside of it, which a lot of us are. Um, yeah. What do people get wrong about PR? What do people misunderstand about that industry and how to do it the right way? In my experience, the PR industry hasn't done a great job of actually PRing itself. I think a lot of people 
think that PR is a bit of a dark art. And so what I really wanted to do with the PR set was to show small businesses that they could do it themselves. I think there's a real misconception that you need to have lots of money, you need to have big budgets, you need to have all the contacts, you need to have those little black books to actually be able to do PR. And it's just not true. I mean, I've got a DIY PR membership and uh, my members are proving it. Every week they're getting coverage in amazing um, publications like The Times and Stylist and Grazia. It's really about just understanding how to do it. And so that's what I'm really passionate about is teaching small businesses how to do it and get out there. And I think the other thing is that a lot of people think PR is just about media and actually it's not. It's about getting your business talked about and seen by a target audience. And there can be lots of ways to do that. It doesn't have to just be media. It could be getting on a podcast. It could be, you know, speaking at, at an event, getting your building your profile as a kind of expert in what you do. So really what I try to help small businesses to do is to look for those opportunities and see how they can kind of build their own profile as well as that of their business and get their get their business visible in front of that target audience. So it's in terms of myth busting, it doesn't require massive budgets. It doesn't require necessarily external experts. And it isn't just traditional media. Exactly. Tick. Well done. Well done for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and that's what I'm trying to do. And a lot of the emails I would get from PRs and not all that, you know, I, I'm not anti-agency at all. It's definitely the right thing for some businesses. I've worked with in some amazing agencies out there doing brilliant work. But I would get emails from PRs where it's not thought out it's not they don't know who they're emailing they're sending blanket email lists that kind of thing and that's the stuff that I really recommend not doing so yeah there's 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 lots of things that I teach but kind of taking a personal bespoke approach to kind of each each email that you're sending building relationships you can use social media to go out and build relationships mm. you know there's, there are lots of ways that you can do PR for your own business this dovetails really nicely with a lot of the work that I do around personal brand um, so helping yeah. people to understand what it, and, and creating personal brands that because we all have personal brands at work, creating personal brands that align to how we want to work and who we want to make the most impact on that is relevant in the world of work, whether or not you're in employment or you're working for yourself. Do you come across many people taking a PR approach or, or, or using PR to develop their careers when they're not working for themselves, when they have a sort of profile within an organisation? Yeah, it's something that I really encourage people to do. And I think as women, um, I know your audience isn't just women, but I do think as women, we're, we can be the ones that don't want to push ourselves out there and, and we hide uh, behind things and I've done this myself so I'm, talk I'm talking from personal experience as well building your profile as an expert in wh whether you're a business owner or you know you have a career is a really good thing to do because it gets you noticed and it's that human connection that is so important in everything that we do I think splitting things by your business life or your home life or, you know it, I don't think it works like that anymore. I think people want to know, you know, I'm not mm. saying you have to go out there and tell everyone everything that's ever happened to you in your life. You know, I'm not talking about that, but I think uh, 
talking about looking for ways to raise your profile, to get noticed, to um, build those relationships, you know, build your network. That can be so important. And that's one of the things that I often say to people is to start looking at your network and how you can work with people within your network, because those are sometimes the easiest questions to ask. You know, hey, how about we collaborate on this or how about we do a webinar together on X, Y, Z? Start with your network and build out from there can be a really good place to, to begin if you're feeling a bit intimidated by it. Mm. Mm. So you mentioned that a lot of often women, and I would agree with that, can feel a little bit hesitant to self-promote and self-promotion is kind of a dirty term. It's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. I was pretty bold when I was in employment. And if anybody was listening to this who used to work with me, they would be furiously nodding. Um, I was not shy of telling people what I was up to. And I really, really loved building relationships and, and sharing what I was doing. I did struggle to pivot that, although it may not have looked like that on the outside looking in. I struggled with that um, when I started working for myself because suddenly I was the brand and I wasn't hiding behind a reputable and established brand that I was a part of. It was me and it felt a little bit uncomfortable. And I know that you've spoken a little bit about off air about mindset and the importance of mindset. And I know mindset is one of those terms that is used a lot and maybe misused or overused, but how have you seen mindset come up with your clients? And also, this is a bit of a double, double-headed question, so I hope it's not too convoluted. How have you found mindset come up for your clients? And also, what work did you have to do on your mindset when it came to moving from employment to start your own business? It's everything for both in answer. And yeah, you're right, like mindset, what are people talking about? But I would say 80% of the things that get in people's way from putting themselves out there in terms of promoting their business, making the connections, asking the questions is down to mindset, down to them not feeling like they want to push themselves forward or they feel like, why would anyone want to hear from me? I'm just little old me doing my small business or no one wants to hear my story. And we get in our own way so much. I'm talking about from personal experience it's quite amazing I see people join the PR set and they come in and quite often they are feeling very unconfident about their business they're not sure which way to go they kind of have the hunched shoulders and they're a bit apologetic for being there and within a few months I honestly it's like watching them grow it's watching the peacocks come out and the feathers coming out and you Mm -hmm. see the confidence growing because people are responding well to their business and their idea that they've had. You see them grow in confidence. And it's those ones that are just actually going for it and are putting themselves out there and asking the questions and pitching themselves to things. And it's them who are getting the brilliant results because they're actually just going, sod it, you know, I'm just going, if I get a no, what's actually what's the worst thing that can happen? One of the things that comes up for me with my clients is this idea of uh, confidence. And when I'm more confident, then I'll be able to do this. And and if I had more confidence, I'd be able to do that. But the courage is the bit that has to happen first, the kind of audacity to just have a go. Even if you're not feeling confident and you're feeling a bit terrified about it, diving in anyway, are you finding with your clients that they are feeling the fear in doing it anyway, so to speak? And then as a result of some of the results they're getting, their mindset is starting to shift Or are they doing the work on their mindset first and then being able to throw their hat in the ring? Or is it a little bit of both? 
I think it's a little bit of both. I do think it's, I'm just going to give it a go and see what happens. I think it's being not scared of rejection anymore. Mm. I think that can be something that really holds us back. But what, what if they don't want me? What if they hate my idea? When you actually stop caring so much about the reaction that you're going to get from people and actually, you know, if you really believe in what you're doing, mm. people are drawn to that energy. I'm a real big believer in energy. And I saw this a lot when I was sitting in the editor's chair, you know, the, the emails that would come through from a small business owner who would be saying, oh, and, and this is the same if you've got a career as well. If you're pitching yourself for an opinion piece in a magazine, oh, I'm sorry to take up space in your inbox. I'm apologizing for being here. Versus somebody who would send me an email saying, look at what yeah. I've achieved. Look at this great story that I've got. Look at this great stuff that I'm doing for people. Look at who we're serving with our business. That's what I would be interested in. And that energy comes through in how you write emails about yourself, how you do LinkedIn posts, how you do conversations with people that you meet at an event, all that kind of thing. It's really that energy shift that I think makes a difference for people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you necessarily have to believe it yet. I think you can pull on your big girl pants and go out and just have a go um, and lean into that. It's definitely a shift in momentum and it's that drive. The point that you made there that you don't have to necessarily believe it entirely, I think is a really salient one because getting rid of the fear of rejection is almost impossible. Like you can't eradicate that entirely. Some people can, I'm sure. I've never been able to entirely do it because we're wired to want the group's approval. Validation. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not so much removing the fear of rejection as much as it is acknowledging that there's some fear and acknowledging that it's uncomfortable, but not letting that get in the way um, and allowing yourself to take the action anyway. And something that I say to people is like, literally what, you know, think about what is the worst thing that would happen about you sending that email. I mean, they say no. Mm. Ones if they say no. I mean, that's great because at least you know and you can move on. Really good example of this. One of my lovely members joined the PR set and she said she'd had on her like vision board. She wanted to be in a certain magazine for her business and she wanted to get on a certain podcast. And within two weeks of joining the PR set, she'd made both of those things happen. And she said, I've been sitting there with them on my to-do list and on my vision board for six months. But it was only that impetus from me going, come on, just get in touch with them. And obviously, you know, there are a few skills that you can learn along the way about honing your pitch and pulling out your story and make, you know, finding what's relevant. But quite often it's just the doing it that, that is what makes the difference. It's crazy because the same thing happens when I speak to people about applying for jobs mm-hmm. or for you pitching to be featured in a particular piece of press or to to be a guest on a particular podcast you can guarantee you're not going to get the job or go on the podcast or be featured in the magazine if you do nothing yeah and so if the worst that's going to happen is they say no you're back where you were when you started but you've done something to move the dial a little bit and you've made the next job application or the next pitch a little bit more comfortable and and another thing on that point is not making decisions for other people. And I've mentioned this before in an earlier um, episode about imposter syndrome. It's not our job to make decisions for other people as to whether or not it's a good idea for them or they should consider us. It's up to them. But the only way that you give them an opportunity to think about whether or not they're going to feature you is to give them an opportunity to think about whether or not they're going to feature you. That is such a good point because I think we're our own worst enemy, aren't we? We make up these things in our heads that aren't actually 
true. So why mm-hmm. do they don't want to hear from me? Well, actually, journalists do want to hear from you. If you've got a great story, you've got a great business, you know, they're looking for content that's relevant for their audience. It's not your job to decide that your business is too small or your, your career isn't relevant or whatever that story is you're telling yourself. A lot of the people that I work with suffer from the same thing. It's this voices in our head and, and I've done a lot of work as well listening to those voices in my head working out what stories they're telling me that aren't true and just trying to figure out how to bat those stories away because they are the things that hold well they, they're the things that have held me back and I see time and time again that they're the things that that hold small business owners and people from in all sorts of professions back we need to get out of our heads more Rewriting old stories is one of my favorite things to do. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So when we spoke offline, you shared a couple of old stories that you had to rewrite in order to launch the PR set Mm -hmm. and to leave um, your old world of employment to become an entrepreneur. And one of them was... I'm not an entrepreneur. Yeah. Do you see my face? See, obviously, you can't hear my face, but my face, even when saying that word, makes me go, oh, I feel like I'm totally not an entrepreneur. I don't know where this came from. Definitely, I've had it, you know, through my career. Like, people like me don't own their own businesses, even though mm. my mum and my dad had their own businesses. So, you know, I'm not sure where that came from. I think also, you know, I really wanted to be able to do something flexibly that worked around my kids. And that was something that was really important to me. And it's something that my mum had, I had growing up with my mum and I couldn't see how that would work. So therefore I told myself it wouldn't work. So therefore I wouldn't do it. I also had this thing in my head that I realised I was really good at kind of being a number two. I don't know again where this came from. Um, And I worked with my best friend, like I said, to help her build her agency. And I remember saying to someone, oh, I'm just really good at, you know, really good at being number two. I don't want the responsibility of having my own business. And it was all stuff that I was telling myself to kind of justify why I didn't need to go up and do the stuff that I actually secretly wanted to do. So what are some of the things that you thought entrepreneurs and number ones were before you did it? I think it was really like, you know, growing up, you'd see kind of certain Richard Branson type figures, you know, for an entrepreneur was somebody who worked every hour, God sent and made millions and, you know, had an island in the Caribbean and had private jets. And I didn't really understand actually that being an entrepreneur is just somebody who's, you know, running their own business and creating a life for themselves that they want. I've re-educated myself a lot on the fact that you can you can create a life for yourself in the way that you want to have it without sacrificing certain things. And I think for me, an entrepreneur, I would always see as sacrificing something to get the end goal, which was money. And again, I think for me, it's Mm -hmm. as much about values and about running a business that works for me, aligned with who I am and who I want to work with. Obviously, the financial side of things is important. You know, I want to make money from it, but without sacrificing those mm. other, other things. And I think what I've really realized over the last few years is that you can do both, that you can run a business based on your own principles and work with the type of people that you want to work with without sacrificing yeah. it. And, and I'm not going to say I don't get it right all the time. There's definitely, you know, times when, you know, there is longer hours or less money or you know I might say oh well actually maybe I should work with this brand because of xyz so it's not like I've nailed it but I've definitely learned along the way that you don't have to compromise on certain things to achieve 
other things. So redefining what entrepreneur means and also redefining what PR means and to run a PR agency means rather than trying to shoehorn yourself into an old definition that doesn't feel like you. Because actually what you described there, the Richard Branson archetype of entrepreneur isn't you, but the Pippa archetype that you've created is. So often we we yeah. kind of box ourselves into these old um, outdated ideas about what things are and what industries are and what things must look like and exclude ourselves from them rather than smashing the mold and and doing it our way yeah and that was the thing i knew i knew that i didn't want to run a traditional pr agency and i think mainly because my experience of that was again you know long hours big teams the budget side of things like constantly be looking for lots of income come in and you know maintaining those client relationships and stuff I couldn't see from the the background where I came from I couldn't see how that could work with the kind of the family stuff that I wanted to, to mix and don't get me wrong there are actually people out there who are doing that model and doing it it was just not really what I'd experienced and it actually was it was the pandemic that for me personally obviously we've all been through a horrible weird time but it was that pause the enforced pause I'm a real doer and it was the enforced pause that actually gave me that time to sit down I remember I can remember the moment so vividly my kids were playing outside because there wasn't a lot of homeschooling going on when I say playing they were probably like you know fighting um, and I was sitting down <laughs> watching them and I had um I just got a beauty pie order if you do know beauty pie it's like a subscription mm-hmm. um beauty brand so you basically you subscribe um on a monthly fee and you get discounted beauty products and as I was sitting there with my box that had just arrived as my treat for myself in the pandemic I was like this is how I can do it there is a different way like you don't have to do the formula that you've been prescribed so everything I'd learned I was kind of unpeeling as I opened up this box of beauty pie products and I was thinking there is a different way there are people out there doing PR differently I'm not saying that I've kind of totally torn up the whole industry and there were people doing it brilliantly but it was that moment for me where it all it was like my epiphany of just like oh my god I can do this differently working with Katie and the work I'd done with small businesses I knew that that's what set me light and I was really passionate about I basically worked out who I love working with how can that become a financial model so you'd already identify like you already had your skills like you're a PR that was and, and had been an editor of a magazine so you could see both sides you had your skills there and the bits that you enjoyed you had your lifestyle or life red line around I want to be around for my kids and this element is important as well you spoke about your values too and the who you wanted to work with or who you wanted to help. All of those pieces came together. What was it about unboxing your beauty products that made you go, oh, like that brought that all together? I think it was just realising that that there was, you know, um, the, the founder of Beauty Pie had changed, she created a different model that wasn't the same formula of, create a product you know do lots of expensive marketing around it and put it on a shelf for 10 times the 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 price that we paid for you know she'd she changed the model and and shown that you don't have to do stuff in a formulaic way Mm. to basically give people a kind of the same experience but on a you know in a different way and it was still because Beauty Pie isn't packed with cheap products. It's packed with good quality products yeah. at an affordable price point. 
if you're doing the subscription. So she's creating, she's making something accessible that may not otherwise be accessible or may yeah. feel like luxury or a little bit out of reach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, mm. it's that out of reach thing, isn't it? You know, the people that I work with usually think that PR isn't accessible to them. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to make PR accessible for people who think it's not, you know, they can't do it. So how did you get from, I can't do it, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a number two, to finding, and I know it's an ongoing process because I've worked for myself as well and it's constantly turning knobs and a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit more of this, let go of that, add this bit in. Um, But how did you start to bring it all together? Was it iterative? Was it overnight after seeing the beauty beauty pie box? Yeah, I guess a bit before that as well, there was a mindset, a massive piece of work I did on my mindset as well. So I knew that I had these self-limiting beliefs. And actually, my one of my best friends from school is called Caroline Britton, and she's got a coaching business called Caroline Britton Coaching. And my mum had bought me a session with her, like one of her first ever clients. It was really weird, actually. I found an email from, that my mum had written me in two, uh, today in 2014 and it was I was obviously going through a whole like I don't know what I want to do with my life kind of thing and she'd listed out all the kind of pros and cons about me doing my own thing and you know a a lot of those things that we were talking about the value about being around from like being able to go to my kids nativity plays and all that kind of stuff uh yeah it was really weird seeing that again today because I hadn't looked I hadn't seen it for however many years but it was all those things that I'd obviously been trying to work out a way to do it and I just couldn't make it work with the, the kind of model that I thought I had to follow um, and anyway so mum had bought me this session with Caroline um, and I'd put it to one side and said Caroline I don't need it I don't want it you know I've been really resistant to it did parent vote and then I remember having I said to Caroline right come on she was saying I was like let's let's do the session let's just do it and this is by this time her price has all gone up you know it was a massive value for what I got and I remember her saying to me she kind of had her hand kind of um separate and she said right this is what you've done before this is what you're doing now and I can see it all coming together in a way that you haven't quite figured out yet and I was like oh whatever you know and then literally a year later I was like I've just worked out what that point is you know those two things of my experience that actually I can put together to create something but again it was a lot of it around the mindset around those you know I can't do this I can't make it work financially I I have a real I've learned I've got a real scarcity mindset when it comes to money and I've I've done a lot of work on that as well in the last year and that's something that's my thing I think that's what as a kind of business owner I have to keep working on and I know that that's my thing like whenever I get worried about stuff it always comes from a scarcity and all that kind of thing so I've worked I've done work on that as well this year on trying to be thinking more abundantly and it makes such a difference I think the more you're open to trying things and seeing what works for you then you know the more impact it has on you would it be fair to say that you were going through a period of exploration and working out what could it look like what would it look like were you were you actively doing that or did you not realize you were doing it until you looked back retrospectively? That's a really good question. I'm not sure whether what came first, whether it was me being proactive or I was just, I think because my friend Caroline was, I was interested in what she was doing. And then I became more aware of, you know, people like you who are doing this incredible thing to help 
people like me who were stuck. I think I'd never really realised that was a thing before. Once you start seeking it, it all be- it's all there. It's like kind of when you know you train your brain to look at 11-11 every day and then you're like, oh, I see it every day. And this is the same with a lot of the things that we do with PR. Like I say to people, like train your brain to look for opportunities for your business. You know, I think once you start being open to looking, it, it, it's all there in front of you. You're just choosing what you want to see more. It's so uncomfortable for people, though. I, I ran mm-hmm. a session recently with women who were on maternity leave and thinking through what their career is going to look like when they return to work. They're all in employment. Actually, one was uh, one of the ladies was looking at what what things might look like after um, maternity leave if she created something for herself. And it's a really uncomfortable answer to give people, but there, there does need to be a period of exploration and gathering and then assimilating and distilling and letting stuff go and picking other bits up there's just this kind of gathering period when you just need to be open to absorb and to see what comes up and what you're drawn to and watch the webinars and read the books and all of that stuff I wonder to what extent all of the stuff that you've been doing in the background because you had been open to it it allowed that moment to take place with the beauty pie box like had you just received your I mean presumably you'd received the beauty pie box the month before and the month before that and then no, it was the first one oh, it was the it first was one the first <laughs> yeah 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 it was my treat my lockdown <laughs> treat for myself um and yeah I remember this I had it on my knee and I was like oh I think I had been I had been looking at ways to start my own business I think I decided actually that I am really good at what I do and you know it's okay yes. to admit that and to be to be able to, to say that because I've got to be good at what I do because I've got to be able to teach other people mm-hmm. how to do it, you know? And um, I think I, I actually just had that, ch- that conversation with myself that it was okay to blow my own trumpet and really position myself as an expert in what I do because I do know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And I think at the beginning, I was really nervous about that. So there was definitely like some pricing things and all that kind of stuff that I think a lot of us who start our own businesses go through because we get worried. I've proved to myself actually more than anyone that I I do know what I'm talking about. And and that's really satisfying. I think the other point you made was really valid. You know, when I went back to my work after my first maternity leave, I was so cross with myself because I hadn't had this amazing business idea I tried, I thought about a few things. I was really like annoyed with myself. Uh, but it's, you know, you're so right. I wasn't really open. I just wanted that idea. I wasn't really <laughs> open to actually doing any of the work. I had a new baby, yeah. for God's sake. Like it, I was exhausted. Like that's enough in itself. You do see these people who have these great ideas on maternity leave and turn it into a business. And it's like, you know, boom. But the majority of us were just trying to survive through that those first kind of six, whatever, nine months it was before I went back to work. And um, I don't think I was in the right headspace to even entertain that idea. And I saw something the other day, you know, about it's never too late to do what you want to do. And I think that's really valid as well. Like, I'm so pleased that I've had the experiences that I've had have got me to this point now to be able to get, look back at both of those experiences editing the publication, working in the various agencies I've worked in that has brought me to here. Mm. And I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing, I don't think, without all of that experience. People so often want 
and I get this a lot with clients, they want to know what it's going to be. What's the, what's the business idea? What's the brand going to be? What's the logo? When do I start the website? Or if it's in employment, you know, what, what, what should I, what should I do next? Or what job should I be going for? Or should I stay in my current organization and go for a promotion? And we get really obsessed and hung up about that, which can cause a lot of paralysis because we don't know it's really high stakes it's really confusing. We want that certainty, but it is that moment when we let go of that certainty and just start to explore what we would like, what we enjoy doing, being open to the webinars, the books, and having that sort of mindset of um, openness, exploration, and discovery. And that creates really fertile ground for I'm going to say it again, getting the beauty pie box and opening it up yeah. and having that moment of inspiration. It doesn't happen without making sure that the ground is fertile for those moments of inspiration. If I got that beauty pie box three years before, it wouldn't have triggered anything because I wasn't in the right headspace to do it. I wasn't actively looking for how do I want to make this work. I think also one of the things that I really um, had to accept because I had I tried to think of loads of ideas for product businesses you know this is what I saw I saw people went on maternity leave came out with an idea for like a nursery brand or a product that you know and that's what I really was I was desperately trying to find that idea what I had to really accept as part of my whole mindset work was actually what I really enjoy and I'm really good at is the PR Mm -hmm. stuff um and I didn't really want to create a product that wasn't that isn't what I'm that wasn't where my skill sets lie and accepting it was accepting that actually where my skills were and how I could make that work for what I wanted to do rather than totally rewriting everything Mm -hmm. and starting from scratch because lots of people do do that but that wasn't what was going to work for me in terms of how I wanted to the type of business I wanted to run and what I want to do I love championing other people it's always been my thing I remember I think it was Caroline or maybe it was on a webinar or something that I listened to. And they said, you know, if you could literally get paid to do anything, what would that be? And for me, it's connecting people. I literally love my favorite thing in the whole world is to go, you say, oh, I'm thinking of launching this. And I'll be like, oh, well, have you met this person who's got this business? Because you guys could do something really interesting together. Like that is my favorite thing in the whole world. And that's what I love about the PR set, because we're in a, a built a community of um, small businesses and they're working together or I can help introduce them to people that I know in certain places. <laughs> I get it from my mom. She loved, she loved to say that she kind of, you know, always liked to do that as well. But um, your chief connecting, and, and my chief connector. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chief connector. Um, I, I couldn't figure out how to make a business exactly out of that just by introducing people. But it's a big part of what I do within the PR set because as I say like PRs are not just about media stuff it's about you know different ways to get in front of your target audience so um I if I you know if I had one word of advice to someone it like really think about what you love doing and and for some people it's not the right route you know you might love art and actually creating a business out of art might mean that you don't love doing the creating side of thing anymore so it's not always the right thing to do but for me like realizing what brought me joy from my work I think was the key thing yeah what are the kind of practical skills that you have that you can offer that you enjoy using and what are some of the natural talents that you have so your skills are in PR 
and um, and, and presumably um, as an editor as well, they're, they're a skill set developed from experience and training. And then the natural gifts and talents, you know, being a, a natural connector and the thing that gives you joy, helping people and, and championing them. So all of those things are conspiring to create this perfect yeah. environment that you've built with with your business and with um with the PR set yeah. I had a and real... that's what and oh, you've yeah. done the same thing haven't you you've done the same thing with your business like yeah. you found the stuff that you love doing definitely so uh, I had a similar experience with you in terms of thinking of a business idea and I came up with two at the same time and the one that I wanted was the one that I ran with, which is rewrite. But the one that I thought I should want was the one that I had to let go of. And so I came up with this idea because I was working full time. I did a lot of travel. Uh, I had a little boy in nursery and I was always on the go and, you know, running to nursery, dumping him at nursery, racing to the train, commuting into the city, you know, repeat. Um, but I really wanted to be a, a hands-on mum as well. And, be a part of his development and you know it's a real it's really tough being a working parent uh, or a working carer um and I had this one day where I <laughs> this is embarrassing I, I basically dropped him at, at nursery and it was this sort of everything was in slow motion like I saw somebody had um some traditional dress on and I was like oh that's a nice dress um and then I noticed someone else opened the door and they had a tradition and I was like hang on a minute is this and I it was in real slow motion I was realizing that there was something going on and I didn't get the memo and I said you know what's what's going on today oh it's well dressed day or some, I can't remember the name of it, but something like that, where the children were encouraged to come in their family's traditional dress. And I mean, I'm Australian. I don't know what I would have sent Lucy in, maybe some thongs or flip-flops, <laughs> a jar of Vegemite. Um, uh, but I had missed this entirely and I left and burst into tears, rang my husband. He couldn't care less. He was like, big deal. He's like 18 months. He's not going to remember. Who cares? I was just, you know, snotting and floods of tears. I didn't want to be this mum. And so it was at that point where I was like, how can I have more, you know, involvement in his development and feel like I'm doing the best that I can, but also I'm doing this crazy job. So I came up with an idea called Boo Box. Um, and it doesn't matter if someone takes it. Um, it exists anyway, as so many of these ideas do. But basically a delivery box where there would be really interesting and, and seasonal as well activities that you could do with your child. So I didn't have to do the thinking and following things on Instagram and doing the research. It would just come and it would be age appropriate and it would be beautifully sourced and sustainable, yada, yada. Um, and I loved the concept but did I really want to be doing lots of research into early years development? And was that my area of expertise or even interest once my son was no longer early years? No. Um, I had some resistance to being a coach because the idea of being a coach, I felt a little bit cringy about that. It felt like a really saturated market. But I had to get over that because it was a skill uh, that I wanted to develop. And it was a. I also really really love talking to people obviously and helping people and seeing people succeed and flourish I always loved to see others succeed and flourish as well so I had to move towards the thing that I really deeply wanted even though at the time it felt like the thing that I shouldn't want as much 
Yeah, I had a really similar idea actually about a subscription model arts and crafts thing and I spent all night I remember I lay back going oh my god I've got it I've got it and I got up in the morning and got it I was like oh someone's done it and and then I was like I can't do it then because they've done it it's like if I'd really wanted to explore that yes I yes I could have done it and you know run with it and it just wasn't the right thing for me that's a really, really important point. If someone's listening and they have come up with an idea and then they've Googled it and someone else has done it, so what? Like, what is it that you could bring to that that's different? Yeah. I didn't want this idea enough. I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a, I can't remember what the box is called, maybe Toucan Box or something yeah, like that. that was the same one. <laughs> so we could have been competitors for each other as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But there is, if there's something there already, that's just demonstrating that there's a market for it. Yeah. Um, and but, I think yeah. that is something as well that I, again, had to um, get, get over because, you know, the, the idea of subscription um, PR is, you know, there are other people doing it but I'm doing it in a way that teaches what I think is really important about PR and, and, and I'm bringing me to it. And that's yes. what's, you know, that's what's important for my members are getting, yeah, are getting my experience and, and only I can give that because no one else has got my experience. So um, yeah, there's, there's different people. I think the other thing is as well, is that, you know, you've got to really focus on what is right for you mm-hmm. and, and not, and not, you know, this is something I say to lots of the small businesses that I work with. We're so busy looking at what everyone else is doing that we get really distracted. But if it's really, you know, stay in your own lane without talking yeah. too many cliches. It, it's important to see what other people are doing. Yeah. But not so much that it paralyzes you and stops you from moving forward, I would say. And also not focusing so much on what things look like on the outside and what we're thinking about um, on the inside. So I had a call um, recently, I've got a little accountability group and I was sharing with them um, some stuff, you know, about me and my business. And, you know, they were saying, we thought this and because, you know, how you're feeling about something versus how it's looking can be worlds apart. And so it's really, really dangerous to think, well, I'm not keeping up or um, I'm not doing as well as that person or there's already something like this in the market. There's no room for me. People like me can't. All of those thoughts that we have where it's it's the it's the most frightened and vulnerable part of ourselves comparing one dimension that is being shared in its most flattering and advantageous of ways. You're not comparing apples and oranges there. No, totally. Um Something that I always say is smoke and mirrors. Stolen that off uh, my best friend Katie. Um, but yeah, smoke and mirrors. Like you know, what what people are putting out there isn't the full picture. So there's absolutely no point, and it's really easy to say, but there is no point in comparing yourself. A, a really good example of this is somebody that I really respect. She's got a different business to me, but kind of similar, like educational business, and she is flying. I mean, she's, you know, she, her business is doing incredibly well. But actually, she just put out some really kind of vulnerable stuff saying, you know, it's actually been a really difficult year. I've made some wrong decisions in my business this year, which has meant that things haven't worked out, have, you know, things have kind of failed, maybe not failed. But, you know, she was really open about it. And if she hadn't said that, I would literally have thought, oh, my God, she's, you know, making millions. She's doing X, Y, Z, you know, because that's the perception that I've got from her. But I don't know her. Like, you know, I'm making this up again in my head. I'm creating a story for her that isn't necessarily 
the right thing. And I, I, I imagine as well, I mean, you'll have much more experience than this than me, but people in, in, in a career as well, and I did use, I used to do this as well, or that person's moved to that agency and they're doing really well, X, Y, Z. I mean, you don't know what their review was like. You don't know really what they're, what's going on. Or how they feel. That does come up a lot um, in my groups because I work primarily with professionals, successful professionals. They have fantastic careers, great job titles, all of that. And one of the things that comes through once we start to to do the work is this, oh, wow, well, I you seem so successful and you're you're feeling as vulnerable or as unsure or as unclear about what you want as I am you seem to have it all together we're all kind of we're all humans and having the same challenges and not necessarily walking around pinned to our chest with I'm insecure about this I made this error last year you know I haven't hit my revenue target I didn't get the promotion we're not walking around with that but we're all feeling that right and that's what I love about, you know, I'm, I'm part of a few group like business networking is the wrong word because it makes everyone think ick. But, you know, that, I think that's how we met in a, in a business group. And and actually what is great about those is that people are more, much more vulnerable and they talk about mm-hmm. it being hard. And, you know, that's what happens in the PR set as well. We have a monthly Q&A. And it's not all just like, look how amazing I'm doing. It is, this isn't working for me. And other people will say, well, it's not working for me either, but I changed doing this. And actually that collaboration, I think if the last 18 months have shown us anything, collaboration and community are so important. And I think we're in a really lucky time to be, you know, making decisions about ourselves that might change things up a bit. So what was it that you loved about your old career that you took forward? And what was it that you didn't want to take forward? So I love the energy. The thing I miss the most is the teamwork. I really miss other people and working with other people. And I'm I'm a kind of extroverted thinker. So I love bouncing ideas off people. And there's only so much my husband can talk about PR. (laughs) But I think I found that. So like, like we were just talking about the, um, the groups and the networking, you know, I found different ways to replicate that. Obviously, it's not the same. I don't have a team working with me, but I found other people and my best friend Katie and I are in the same, do the same thing. So we, uh, we really kind of talk, talk through things a lot together and bounce things, ideas off each other. And I found other people. I'm just in, uh, launching a course with uh, Kat Sims, who's an influencer about how to work with influencers. So I found people that I can work and collaborate with in different ways to replicate that kind of that camaraderie and teamwork thing that I really miss. Was that a conscious decision? So did you sort of, sort of, sort of, sort of, did you say to yourself, I know that I like working with people and in teams, therefore I need my business to include that aspect or was it more organic than that? Um, No, it wasn't. It wasn't really until I kind of was doing it by myself that I realised that I really missed that. Mm. Um, And, but I think naturally what I have created with the membership and stuff, you know, I've got those great relationships with people. Maybe it was more of a conscious decision because I didn't, want to just create a course that people bought and I never saw them again and I couldn't necessarily see the impact of what they were doing that's why that is that was the conscious decision creating creating a membership because I love the fact that I I can help people the same people 
um, and kind of bring them in into my world and see what's going on with them and see the results they're getting and help them through the over the stumbling blocks yeah um, so I think that probably was a conscious decision but it wasn't really something that I thought about until I was working by myself going I miss people <laughs> I just think that's a really important point because what I'm hearing throughout our conversation and in so many elements of the way that you have approached starting your business approached moving on from your old industry but staying in your old industry as well it's always I'm not an entrepreneur if it looks like this but I can create a, a an entrepreneurial model that looks like this and works for me I don't want to work in an old agency but I can work in a new agency I don't want to work in PR in as a dark art that's exclusive I want to make PR accessible I love teamwork and working with people I'm going to create that with a community and with the networks that I um, liaise with and, and build around me as well. So it's it's this approach to it's not quite like this that I want to do it, but I'm going to build it in my own way. That is such a, an interesting and um, liberating way of doing things, because the moment that you go, OK, well, if not this, what could it look like? You open up possibilities and you can fulfill the things that you want if you allow yourself to think about them a little differently. Mm. When you come from an industry where things are done a certain way, it can feel like there's no other way to do it. And actually the pandemic gave me that point to pause. I would definitely not have got to where I've got to and been able to create this without that pause. I, I you know, that pause really benefited me, obviously in that way, not in all the other ways, but, you know, it did allow me to think. And I'm not a person who thinks very in depth. You know, I don't, I quite, I've got all the business books, but I usually get halfway through them and then think I've figured out what they're trying to tell me. And then I'm, I'm, I'm very fast paced in the way that I work and I can't, I, you know, if it's too slow for me, then I am not a detailed person. I think it, all of this has happened, but it hasn't been a very conscious thing that I've done along the way. It's being, I've opened, allowed myself to be open to possibilities. And that was the key thing, really. So if someone was listening to this and they are, in employment and feeling that itch or feeling like it's not working for their lifestyle or that they're not impacting the people that they want to impact and they've got no idea what to do next or they're thinking those things like people like me can't or I'm not an entrepreneur or I don't have the answer what would you what advice would you give to them or what would you encourage them to do next I think you've got to scratch that itch, haven't you? Like you've got to explore it because if you don't, I think I've probably got this from Caroline as well. Like if you don't do it and wake up in five years, 10 years time, how are you going to feel? How are you going to feel if you just carry on in the same way, feeling frustrated with what you're doing? And for some people that's okay. Like, you know, they can live with that because life's easy and, it, you know, whatever. But I think for me, I had to find a way to make it work around the values and the things that I were really important to me from my in, in my life. And that was a non-negotiable. So I had to explore it and I had to change my mindset because if I didn't, there was just no way that I could make that change. I think you've got to dive in and be open to change and to evolving. And, and, and that's the thing. I think one of the things I've learned doing this is that we are everyone is evolving all the time so the businesses that I work with are not you know they're not the same businesses in two three four years time 
you know and I've learned that from seeing my friends do it actually I think that was a really good thing for me actually my friends did it mm-hmm. and I was that was the thing I was like well if you can do it why can't I do it because we're kind of you know we're not the same people but there's no difference between your background or what where we've come from you know we're you know we're very similar like if you can do it then I can do it too the only thing between someone who's doing it and someone who's not doing it is the doing it you just got to do it yeah and that's something that I say when I'm teaching PR I'll show all the logos of the the amazing places that my members are getting in and and that's the kind of the thing that I say to people the difference between my members getting in stylist or the times or whatever publication is the fact that they're doing it it's not that their business is like super duper a zillion times better than yours it's literally that they have a small business but they're going out and doing that PR for themselves and that's the same with anything isn't it it's the same I did it recently with um ads so I I kind of wanted to do ads for my business and I was like I can't learn how to do ads people like me don't learn how to do ads you know I mean not quite that dramatic but you know I found it really complicated I thought no like what you know none of this stuff that we're doing is rocket science is it you know it's I can teach my I can be taught how to do ads I teach people how to do PR so you know I can go out there and I did it that's really satisfying isn't it just you know at the beginning of something say I can't do it and then figure out a way to make it happen yeah if I could do it or if I did do it what would that look like how might I how might I take that forward okay last question from me um and it's about self-promotion so going right back to the beginning self-promotion whether you're in employment or you are working for yourself really uncomfortable toe curling stuff a lot of the time what are your guiding principles for people getting comfortable with self-promotion or doing it even if they're feeling uncomfortable do the work on thinking about who you are your story spend some time getting to know you a little bit better I think the key thing is being who knowing who you are it doesn't work when you try and pretend that you're someone else or you try and copy the way that someone else has done it so being really genuine about who you are and why you're doing it is really important I think understanding why you're doing it as well like what's your objective because you know if it's about establishing yourself as a leading expert in your career or being known for um, xyz you know thinking about why you want to do it because that will help you put a plan in place of how to do it and I do think having a plan is really important like not just giving it a go and seeing if it happens like actually thinking why you want to do it and how you're going to do that because then it becomes a deliberate and it becomes um, something that you go out and proactively do and you set yourself goals you know it might be that you want to get one on one podcast in the next quarter or you might want to speak at an event in the next six months or you might want to write an article for a magazine and by giving yourself those um, targets it actually encourages you to go out and do it so break it down into bite-sized manageable easy chunks and and then just do it because sitting on it and procrastinating isn't going to move you forward so yeah I would say just get out there and send an email to someone do it now do it today (laughs) do it by the end of the day um okay true or false PR is for everybody true yes all right well thank you so much for sharing your story and also how other people can share theirs have you got anything coming up that you want to (laughs) self-promote 
about um obviously you can come to the PR set I've uh, launched a new course actually with Capsins, like I said, about how to work with influencers, which if you are a small business or have a team will be really useful. But yeah, the PR set is there. I have a DIY membership, but I, and I do one-to-one work as well. So if you just want to start with a plan of how to get going in 2022, then, you know, now is the time I'm really looking at how we can use this energy going into um, 2022 as a bit of a kind of, a reset for people and we're doing lots of stuff in the PR set on that but yeah and, it, and also I'm on Instagram like you know ask me questions because I literally love I spend too long answering questions I probably should be doing other stuff but um <laughs> if I can help anybody out there to feel more confident in going out and doing it then yeah that's what I love doing where do people find you to ask you those questions so I am at www.theprset.com or pippa underscore the dot PR dot set on Instagram. Fantastic. And would you be open to DMs from people who are in employment getting comfortable with their self-promotion too? Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and there's lots of ways that you can do that as well from a career perspective. So yeah, drop me a message and we can have a chat. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, Pippa. And I wish you all the best for 2022. Oh, you too. I can't believe it. Exciting. <laughs> Speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. The Rewriters is produced, written and presented by Monique Shaw, original artwork by Kiana Perry and original music by DJ Cinnamon.